Thank you guys for joining us on today's episode of Unemployable Podcast. Today we have Andy with us from... <laughs> I knew that shit was going to be on here. Yeah, let me do that again. Sorry, I'm, I'm rusty. I, I didn't, I didn't Bro, do one honestly, last week. Halfway through, I was like, oh, he got it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Do the intro, idiot. Sorry. My, Damn. I got this. Hi, I'm Andy Inc. I work at Good Kind Tattoo in Chicago. It's Andy underscore Inc. on Instagram. And um, I'll be replacing Cam on the podcast. Thanks, Cam. Yeah. All right. Sh- what did I say? Sorry. It <laughs> <laughs> is so much harder. Yeah, we should have a swear jar. <sighs> oh, uh. good. Okay, but what are you going to do with the money? Well, first off, it's not going to be that dollar BS. It's going to be hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> if you it's curse, coming you off your paycheck. <laughs> Which is like within the first seven minutes, like you have a timer going. I this yeah. jar is full. Yeah. And tight. I'm just going to physically harm Cam <laughs> until he curses. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know the, the, the jar has to add up to something. It's a terrible system. You know, it's like you put money in Starbucks. the jar. Starbucks. There's some kind of reward. All right. What if it went to the guest? I was about to say, that's like the Ooh. guest's payment. It almost like incentivizes you to get me to curse. I was, like, I was trying to think of how I could make that work for me, but I was like, no, I'd just only be getting my own money if I just kept saying. <laughs> She's putting her own money there. If Cam cursed, you would either have a hundred dollars mm-hmm. or one free curse. Oh, it's a trade. Well, I guess not because the money, money goes back to it's you. It's still my money. Yeah, yeah. So I can do whatever I want. It's yeah. just win-win for you. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I feel like that's that's good. It's in your benefit. Yeah. Kyla, we got any Mason? <laughs> Cam. <laughs> Cam would be broke in one episode. <laughs> All right. So you're in Chicago. Yes. Great segue. <laughs> well, I forgot what we were talking about before. <laughs> we were talking about being late. But I think because that's, I feel like a lot of people think of being late as like this much like, oh, I'm just like late to stuff and it's like this much smaller thing. But you're right. It's more about like, you're telling people that you're unreliable because you can't do something that's arguably very easy. Now we're just circling back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but then on the other hand, like we were already talking about, like it doesn't bother some people, right? So like to bring it back to tattooing, like tattooers that show up late for their appointments, which blows my mind because I think it's like, I, it, like in that context too where you're like providing a service and you've asked like, hey, we're going to start tattooing, you know, be here for right. your appointment at noon. And it's like, I'm going to come in at one though. Right. And just like you can sit around and especially i mean you know like i think at least everybody at this table like i get to uh like my time i I tell people my time is worth quite a bit of money right Right. like we provide a luxury service nobody needs tattoos right so it's like people take their hard-earned money you know like i have clients who like save for a long time and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and it's like to then be like late and unprepared to me is just again like it's just super disrespectful like people really look forward to the time that they get to spend with their tattoo artist and like you know like I think there's some level of like people like forget because we do this every single day but it's like you know most of your client like at least for me like most of my clients aren't people who are getting tattooed every month or every other month yeah. like I have a lot of clients who it's like you know maybe once a year twice a year they mm-hmm. get tattooed and like so that day is a really big deal. They look forward to it. People f- take work off to come see mm-hmm. me, you know, like clients use their PTO to come see yeah. me. And it's like, I don't know. It's, to me, it's not even just about like being on time. Like I'm somebody where it's like, I try to get to the shop, like ideally, like at least 30 minutes early. I like to be set up. Cause like, if you come in and like the design, like I want it to just flow. Like, all right, let's fuck it. Right. You know, like I was like, so 
and stoked to tattoo. So the uh, apprenticeship I had was uh, not the greatest for a lot of reasons, like, which I think is, I've, <laughs> I've started saying like, oh, like there's your apprenticeship and then there's like where you actually learned how to tattoo. Sure. And that seems to be like very true for like pretty much every tattoo right. I've ever talked mm-hmm. to. But um, the guy I apprenticed under, I was still in college and he was stoked about that. He thought like having a college degree was like awesome cool. and had no desire for me to like drop out of school, which is pretty common. Um, so it was like I would give him my class schedule and then it was like if the shop was open and I wasn't in class, I needed to be there. Okay. You know, yeah. so, so I feel like, yeah, but so like the idea of just like being at the shop from open to close was like very normal to me in the apprenticeship that I had. Um, and then when I started working at other shops, um, like the first shop I worked at, everybody did realism except for me. So like to me, it was really normal to be like, I was done tattooing around like five or six, but I would still stick around to like everybody was done for the day at like eight. Um, so I don't know, like being at the tattoo shop was always like something I liked. Like I like being right. around tattooers and tattooing. Um, and then like, you know, before I was like busy and booked out, it was like, of course I wanted to be at the shop. Cause like. You know, if somebody emailed, somebody called for a walk-in, because I was never at, like, a walk-in heavy shop, so that was, like, a, a rarity, and it was, like, I just want a tattoo, man. Like, give me your Roman numerals, give me your, <laughs> you know, your cancer script. ribbon, like, yeah. it's going to be the cleanest one that has ever existed. Like, I just want a tattoo, Yeah. you know, at the end of the day. Like, I, I feel so lucky that people want my art, but if that wasn't the case, I would still want a tattoo, because, like, I enjoy the art form, I enjoy connecting with my clients, like... I think there's so much more to tattooing than just the art you make. And I think, like, you can see in tattooers whether or not they care about those other things. Are you late for your appointments? No. You're just late for me? <laughs> you, like, have it a lot where, like, people are calling and trying to come to walk in and just no one's here? It's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, when, before, like, owning a shop and, like, just being a tattooer, like, I would, you know, you're working with other tattooers. And I would always kind of come into a new shop and like look around and feel where everyone was at. And there was always those tattooers that were constantly trying to improve and advance. And those other tattooers that were like, I made it and I'm fine with being here the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, and, you know, one thing we've talked about a lot is I'm always looking for the things that I think majority is not willing to do. And like those are the things I'm trying to do because I think it'll set us apart, um, I'd get, you know, I'd get to those shops and I'd be like, these guys aren't willing to come in early. They're not willing to do that. And like do all those things. And with other people, you know, like Scott, Skinny, all these guys I work with and, and they were been on board with that mindset too. And like everyone advances. Mm-hmm. And like those people that were showing up late that were like not treating their clients well, they're still at that fucking shop doing yeah. nothing, yeah. making no, no extra dollars yeah. than they were seven years ago. You know, so I think it really is about, like, what do you, like, want to bring to your own career, like, at any, like, kind of commission-style job. It's as, as hard as you work or as lazy as you are, that's that's what you're going to get, right? Yeah, and there's almost to a degree of that, of, like, <clears throat> what you feel like your clients owe you. Like, I feel like sometimes there's this, this weird attitude in tattooing where it's, like, clients are so lucky that, like, we're going to tattoo them. You know what I mean? And it's, like... <laughs> If people don't get tattooed by you, yeah. like if my clients don't get tattooed by, like that's how I pay my bills. You know what I mean? Like I, feel like I it's like flipped. Almost. I need my clients. Yeah, it's flipped. Know? It's almost like you're lucky that people want to get tattooed. Yeah, by I feel you, you so know? lucky that people want to get tattooed yeah. by me. I feel so. I mean, I always hate to use this term because people use it so sarcastically, but like I feel truly fucking blessed that it's like not only do people like want to get tattooed by me and like want like what is like kind of my voice in art. 
But like to a point where it's like, oh, I actually can't take on all the work I'm offered. Like that's fucking incredible. Like that's being a successful artist. Like how many people want that in life to like pay their bills making art and like never get that opportunity. Right. You know, and it's like really cool tattooing right now where it's like tattooing's like having like a moment where it's like very fashionable. Like I that's how I feel about it, like the current popularity of tattooing. Like you can push the extremes of it right now. Like you can do yeah, out of the like box so stuff. So many people want yeah. like more people than ever want to get tattooed right now, right? And like that opportunity is like it's exactly that. Like it's an opportunity. Like the idea that it's like gonna last forever or that like your you know that your clients owe you anything you know like obviously respect and being on time and like being good to each other you know just being good people in general what I feel like people owe each other anyways but like the like we're talking about like showing up late showing up unprepared like it's just stuff that like gives me ick you know what I mean because I know like when I'm getting tattooed like I've I've been tattooed where it's like I've shown up and like the artist didn't really actually have any kind of plan mm-hmm. uh, for my tattoo. And they're like figuring it out while I'm there. And like, I was there for like, you know, two or four hours. And it's like, we've had this on the books for months. You know what I mean? Like you had so much time and opportunity and like, I get it like a hundred percent. I tattoo, yeah. like sometimes stuff gets really busy and I don't get to work on stuff as early as I want to have worked on it. Mm-hmm. But, like, to have your client come in and have, like, nothing prepared at all and, like, you're going to go draw it in the back right now. Yeah. It's really fucking wild to me. It's even more fucked up. To, I feel like it's almost more fucked up to do it to another artist. Well, I, like, they know the deal. What, so, I know, I think it's about, I agree. I think it's about communication. Because, like, I do know some artists that either tattoo seven days a week or, uh, you know, five or six and have that method, but they're upfront about it. They're like, this is what's going to happen mm-hmm. on your day. You're going to come in at 10 o'clock. We're going to go over design. Then you're going to, you know, go grab lunch or, or get busy while I draw it up. We're going to start at 12 or 1. And I feel like if you know that going in, maybe that's all right. But expectations. Right, right? but Manage if you just show up and it's like, all right, I'm going to go figure it out while I eat some food in the back, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was – gonna happen yeah or just like you you know like you see them come in like they're they're late you see them come in like holding their coffee and like i've been like i'm not pretending i've never been late to an appointment right, right. and like never been late and like showing up with fucking breakfast in my hands right. like i've 100 percent i've done uh, you want some? <laughs> yeah you know what i mean i hate that. sorry <laughs> I, I know that's your biggest pet peeve what, yeah. What's your biggest pet peeve? Like people being late but like still showing up Walking with food with Dunkin Donuts yeah he's like if you didn't get the food you'd be on time yeah, yeah. <laughs> hate that i mean i get it we all gotta eat it's gonna be at work <laughs> uber yeah, eats totally. bro seriously man <laughs> you know not that yeah exactly not that i've ever been that person but it's like to me that's it's like an exception to the rule it's like i'm having a particularly bad morning where i'm running late and it's like if i if even if i think i'm running like five minutes late like i've already emailed my client like mm-hmm. an hour ago yeah like i have like the same you know morning routine and maybe that's being like a person in recovery that yeah. my life is like so kind of <laughs> yeah. regimented compared to maybe other tattooers but, like, I already know at, like, 10 a.m. if I'm not going to be there at 11.30 yeah. and be ready before you get in. Based on how your earlier schedule things Yeah, it's work. not, like, I'm never surprised if I'm late in the morning. You know what I mean? It's not, it's never been a surprise. Like, I think once there was, um, just because, like, where I live in Chicago, my driveway, like, is on a major road instead of into an alley. And, like, some construction guys, like, had left their truck. Oh, in front man. of my driveway <laughs> and I had to like go but like you know but that's happening yeah. to me at 11 for an appointment I have at noon 
Right. You know what I mean? And it's like the odds that this is going to make me late is like really small. Um, Because I just like being a half hour early to set up and stuff. Mm -hmm. But also, please stop showing up early to your appointments. As a quick side note, like if I tell you it's at noon, I feel like tattooing is the only industry like this. Like, don't be early. Don't be late. Like, be there right at noon. Because like, I don't like the feeling of like my client comes in and like you see me doing stuff and you're like, oh, like I'm here 10 minutes early and ready to go. And it's like, I came in like a half hour early set up for you. And now I'm like ordering needles or like whatever it is I needed to do, like right. that I scheduled into my day to do now. Yeah. So if, if the appointment's <laughs> at noon, what's like the perfect time for the client to be Come there? Come at noon. Come at noon. <laughs> noon o'clock. It's at noon. It's at noon. Like I feel like if I wanted you to come at 11.45, I would have let you know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, yeah, come early to do paperwork. Like, I would let you know. Like, no, no, come at noon. Paperwork takes, like, all of five minutes, and, like, I've already planned into your appointment extra time if we need to, like, redraw something or right. change an area of the tattoo. And it's, like, that's so much rarer than I think clients think it is, which is always fascinating to me. I have one client that shows up two or three hours early because he has, like, anxiety about being late mm-hmm. and i've told him he doesn't have to do that and he was like i know but that's how i like to do it but he, he'll sit in his car so I do until that. one o'clock i do that when <laughs> so I i'm like that that's <laughs> fine like you could be there the day before sitting in your car <laughs> that's my jam when i get tattooed like if you're gonna tattoo me at noon like yeah. i'm in the neighborhood at like 11 30 like just I found, circling the no, block like i found a coffee shop <laughs> yeah nearby, you want to get some food you know what yeah. I mean? yeah. like i'm hanging out and like waiting so yeah. i can be here yeah that right sucks on time. like rushing to an appointment to be put in pain i think these things especially because you talked about you know having so many i'm like having so many people that want to book with you that you can't even take all of it. So this like overflow of clients. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that only comes like you can only build that clientele if like you're treating the clients well in all these aspects and like yeah. being on time, like being conscious of what they want, giving them the experience, having like good bedside manner, if you want to call it good before and after follow up communication. Like those are the keys to like building clientele. On, yeah. on top of the artwork, you know, obviously. But I've even seen artists that aren't really that advanced in their artwork booked out forever because they have all the other parts down. Yeah, you know? like people want to spend... And I think that, like, you know... I mean, I guess if, you, if you're a tattooer that doesn't collect t- tattoos, this would maybe be a reason to not be that person. But, like, uh, having tattoos, collecting tattoos, like yourself as an artist and, like, going through that experience and being on the other side of it and, like, not just getting tattooed by your friends, like, getting tattooed by people you really admire. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's so helpful, not only just because, like, you get to then... First of all, you get to, like, spend time with people that you admire and talk to them about tattooing, which is, like, the greatest part of getting tattooed for me. Um, But, like, yeah, being on the other side of it and being, like, seeing how other tattooers treat their clients being that client yeah. and then being like oh i didn't like this so don't do it to other fucking people right. you know what i mean like right. having and especially too like because like i again like i've had tattoos where like i didn't love my experience with that tattooer and like the, the work is beautiful but when people are like oh who did that i'm just like mm, you know some guy yeah just, i don't remember you know because like i actually i don't want to refer you to them because i'm yeah. like you don't want to give them the bad experience yeah i had a bad you know or like being upfront about that like i've had like you know on clients and like asked them about work that was beautiful and they were like oh yeah like you know so and so did it but like i would never get tattooed by them again you right. know like i feel like you you learn a lot about yourself as a tattooer when you really think about like how many repeat clients do i have 
you know what I mean? Like I hate using the term client retention because that's not really what it's about. But like, um, like my clients that come back to me over and over again, I'm like, because you enjoy the art, but like you look forward to the time we spend together, yeah. you know? And like, that's so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, my fucking regular clients. I'm really excited <laughs> to see. And half the shop usually is too. And it's, and that's fun. Because yeah. I don't really have a social life. That's my social life is my good client, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then working is, like, my bad clients. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, we talk, I think we talked about the other day, like, clients who, like, bring, like, um, gifts or, like, tips, like, other yeah. kind of tips and stuff. Like, like clients that bake for me and stuff. Like, that's the sweetest thing in the whole yeah. world. But I had a client a couple months ago who was, like, um, like her and I talk about D&D a lot. Because uh, I played a ton in, like, right. high school and stuff. I don't really play Sons. Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Dunkin' Donuts. Um, but, like, uh, her and I always talk about, like, what campaigns she has going on and yeah. stuff. And, like, and then at her appointment, she was like, hey, like, I don't know if it's, like, really overstepping or anything like that. But she was like, you know, if we ever had, like, a, like a one-shot campaign, like, could I email you about it? Like, would you want to be part of it? And, like, I loved everything about that interaction. Like, her, Like, first of all, the fact that she's, like, asking me if I want to be in a D&D campaign but like the way she went about it where she's like recognizing like there's like there's kind of a power imbalance between clients and and tattooers right and her being like I don't know if this is like overstepping to like right. ask you to hang out but, like I had a, a client before who like knows I'm a really big Bulls fan and I've tattooed him for years I've done both of his sleeves like we're fucking cool like I look forward to seeing him he's yeah. one of my favorite clients he's a super rad dude I actually had a client uh who became a really rock solid client um who was referred to me through him, like, over Tinder. She was like, who did your tattoos? (laughs) And then this chick started getting tattooed by me, which is, like, my favorite way anyone's ever found me. Nice, yeah. Take notes, Cam. Right? (laughs) But, like, yeah, like, his team was coming into town to play the Bulls, and he was like, hey, is it, like, as a tip, if I get tickets, like, do you want to go to the game? You know what I mean? And it's like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, you're awesome. And we've spent, like, so much time together. That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. I, I love that. I love when clients are inviting you out. Because, mm-hmm. like, what a compliment it is, right? Yeah. And then to have, you know, not only a good time, because I've, I've had times like that where it builds a friendship. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's tough, right? Because you can't hang out with anyone, everyone, and, like, sometimes it grows organically, and it's mm-hmm. it's really nice. I've also had, like, clients that, Maybe you're in similar situations where they, it's, it sounded like your client was maybe a little nervous to, yeah. to ask you this. Like where I've had that and they're like, oh, or I don't know, maybe like you're just being nice to me because of like the experience. Right. Almost like I'm a fucking stripper or something. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, you you're know? just a robot. Yeah. They're just paying you. Sorry. Yeah. Like I know you're just being nice to me because we're yeah, at work. Tattoos don't really like their clients. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. But. Because I'm going through that now with with a new friend, actually, that was a client and had, you know, after we finished the sleeve, invited me to go out and do stuff. And, like, I'm having a blast and it's so cool. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's, but like you said, 100%, something that grows organically. But, like, yeah, my like, right now, my friend that's watching my cat is somebody that, like, started out as a, as a client. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go to basketball games with her probably, like, every month now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? But there's kind of a blurry line of, like, if it's appropriate. Because it's not always appropriate. No, and I mean, the, like, people I'm thinking about 
it's like I've tattooed them for like a really long time and like right. really big pieces. And like somebody came in and got like a, like one, a, a one hour tattoo and then was like, hey man, you want to grab dinner? And it's like, right. no, I really don't know you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. like I do. I have like clients that I've seen for years and I know them and I like know what's up in their lives and about their kids and their shitty exes and like yeah. in like a in a very real way and it's like so cool when that happens because you're right it doesn't it often doesn't like that's pretty special right but yeah when you're doing a sleeve a back piece anything like that like cool we're spending 40 50 hours together if not more it's like all right by the end of that i kind of know who you are Mm -hmm. hopefully yeah ideally not always no yeah (laughs) you have those quiet clients i respect that though you're worried about the quiet ones quiet ones (laughs) you gotta watch out for those ones (laughs) but like like i love like clients who come in and they're like hey do you mind if i like i'm gonna put headphones in listen to this podcast or whatever it is that they want to do and i'm like yeah man this is your time like if you don't want to say a single word to me like fucking do that it's weird when it's the other way around yeah, it's nice to have, like, a client that, like, knows the deal. They're, like, I'll keep myself busy. We'll talk throughout. But there's, like, those some clients that, like, don't know the deal and, like, find it, kind of want to be entertained the whole time. I like the clients that think they know the deal, but they <laughs> fucking yeah. don't. Because <laughs> they're just funny. They don't know shit. Yeah. Well, they're, like, those are the ones that are trying, though. Yeah. But it's, yeah. you know, it's, like, normal that, like, if we're, if we're tattooing eight hours together, like, you know, there's very few people in my life that I can talk to eight hours straight, let exactly. alone a stranger. We're you know have what I mean? Some like, quiet moments. yeah, conversations yeah. ebb and flow, and that's fine. Yeah. But like when I said the other way around is weird to me, is I've never been tattooed by this person, and I don't know them personally. But uh, somebody told me once upon a time that there's a dude in the Chicago area where it's like, when you get tattooed by him, like I don't know if it's like his like after you book the appointment or like one of his like notes before you actually book with him, but like his assistant lets you know like he might not talk to you the entire tattoo session. And I'm just like, that is a really weird thing to feel like you need to preface to people. Yeah, it's kind of a red flag. Right? Like, yeah, I would be 100%. like, oh, I don't need to like get tattooed led- by yeah. you. <laughs> like, that seems really intense. It's different if, like, he began the, began the session. Begin. Like, hey, begin. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. A little bit of rest. I'm, like, trying to be begin. so appropriate right now. It's a little earlier. It slips out sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it's different if they begin, like, yeah, you know, I'm not a talkative person, you know, but, like, him straight up saying, like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you this session, just heads up. It's just, I don't know, because I remember with, I had a client where it was, um, like, I had had a death in the family, and I was, like, back to tattooing that week, and, like, she came in, and I was just like, hey, like, this happened to me this week, if I'm really quiet today, like, that's why, it's not personal, you know what I mean? And, like, that's, like, a very different situation than just to be, like, known for not talking to your clients. I don't know, that, like, attitude of, like... Again, just like that you're somehow better than your client who's like the person that is helping provide your fucking lifestyle. Yeah. So you're saying like that artist has built a reputation for not talking to his clients. Yeah. And that's always like a weird thing too because it's, I also know that there are like some clients in the world where it's like they kind of want that. Like the talking? No, No, like like people who treat them badly. Like when I used to, when I used to bartend in college, I bartended at like a big uh, frat bar, like a Greek bar. And I was like the only like alt girl. (laughs) <laughs> and like frat boys left when I was mean to them I made yeah. so much money doing that like that is like I know that that's like a real thing and that that exists in tattooing as well where like some clients do kind of like to be treated like trash but I feel like that's a very small it's a very yeah. small it's John's career you know <laughs> what I mean it's John's TikTok career now can you insult me well, we get yeah. emails that's like when you tattoo me can you be mean to me and yeah. I'm like oh I'll, I'll try <laughs> how, how does it feel to be uh, fetishized John I don't care. I've been used and abused my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
Just let me know. <laughs> I'm just re-saying the shit people told me all my life. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Whatever. I'm not going to go there. Because um, I've also had clients that, like, beforehand, and it was, there's, like, one girl I'm thinking of specifically, and it was adorable, honestly. She just let me know that she was really happy to get tattooed, but she's really socially awkward. She didn't want to say anything stupid, so mm-hmm. she's going to be quiet the whole time. Oh, that's, that's like heartbreaking. I know, I know. You're like, no, I promise. Like, I, I promise you, you won't say anything stupider than my coworker said or to me can. five yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. ago. Yeah. And like, I, I tried to respect it because she was almost like shaking when she said mm-hmm. it. And so I like, I was quiet for the first couple hours. But there's always like the shop banter, which is kind of like warms the client up mm-hmm. i that's like one of my like i fucking love tattoo shops i was talking about yeah. this with somebody the other day who's um who i was at a tattoo convention and they work as a counter person okay for fun they're like independently wealthy like cool. they have like some fucking they're just like bored. good money yeah. they make online and they're just like yeah man i just like i liked like tattooers are my people yeah you know and they're like i just i like being a counter person like yeah. i like being at a tattoo shop they have no desire to learn how to tattoo awesome best counter person yeah. ever. <laughs> like, oh my god yeah i loved talking to them because like everything that like i'm hype about about tattooing like it was the same vibe they were just right. like they love the culture the lifestyle like the art form it's just like so sick. But I was you can like, kind of come to Chicago and be my assistant. Like, <laughs> but you can kind of like get a gauge on the client based on how they're responding to the shop banter. Like, and with this girl, like we were being pretty inappropriate that day, and I would see these little giggles from her body shaking, and like I was like, cool, like she likes this, like she's laughing, you know, yeah. like no one's talking to her, she thinks it's funny. So after a couple hours of that, like I did start talking to her. And there was, you know, this slight awkwardness. Um, but I was like... So you do like dick jokes. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> do you hear what these guys are saying? Like, you think I'm going to judge whatever is going to come out of yeah. your mouth? You know? It almost yeah. loosens them up a bit. They're yeah, like, oh, bro. they're saying way worse shit. Especially when I we might. start offering Cam money to leave his girlfriend. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know if the same rules apply when Chuck's here, but... Yeah. Well, because he's usually the one warming yeah. up yeah. the rest of the show. We're shop. like, we're warning our other clients about him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, just to let you work. know, he's here once a month, and it's probably like the rowdiest day of that month. Yeah, we'll make sure to schedule you when Chuck's not here. Yeah. <laughs> like John, I die s- laughing or leave very upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if like John's got Chuck up here and I have like a sensitive client, I'm like, oh, I'm tattooing in the back today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck will walk to the back, so this is a pussy, huh? Yeah, <laughs> Yo, walk to the back as John's taking pictures and like, <laughs> Yeah, hike his shorts all the way up. Yeah. He'll walk to the back like fucking... You fucking or what? Yeah, literally. <laughs> like staring at my client, and he's like, oh, I was talking to Kim. <laughs> so, Kim, you're in like the early stages of building the clientele, right? Yeah. I know we've gone over how important it is to treat your clientele, um... Kind of opposite to what we like do skits and shit about. Yeah. But how have you noticed the not only that effect on your clients, but like, have you seen how important that is? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'd say I do. T- like lo- me and Logan were actually talking about this the other day. I tat like I've noticed recently like a lot of my clientele has been like super young. Yeah. Like I haven't tattooed anyone over like twenty five. Kind of like delicate, month. right? 
Yeah, I do tattoo like a lot of females too, or even just like I've young my young generation sensitive like in right. general. It's very rare you find which like, I don't think is a bad thing. I just noticed no. you got tattooing in the back a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I do tattoo some sensitive people. Come on, come on, okay. <laughs> also, it's like a yeah, lot of new. It's all a new clientele, like. Some Maybe like, even people new to the in- whole industry. Yeah, like 100%. Like, I had my client Spencer the other day that yeah. I tattooed up here. Like, that was, like, my third time tattooing him. I got a feel for him. He's cool. Yeah. He was, like... Maybe a little like shy and sensitive at first, but after a couple of sessions, like I was like, "Oh, this kid's got some humor, so he's cool," you know. But it is like a lot of younger people, and I do have to like kind of walk on eggshells with them because I feel like young people are super quick to like jump, jump the wagon, you know. Like, there's cancel culture. Yeah, they don't have like my generation has like no sense of loyalty almost, hmm. as if like some well, maybe that's like a powerful statement. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. Because I mean, I even find myself like having those problems sometimes, you know. So. Loyalty to what? Maybe not just loyalty, but just, like, sticking to one thing. Like, I feel like it's super easy for my generation to, like, have, like, one bad experience and be like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to just go somewhere else. Go to another artist, okay. you know? Um, As opposed to what, like, talking about maybe, it, dealing yeah, with it. Yeah, like, 100%. Like, honestly, like, yeah. if, if I ever, like, do something that makes a client uncomfortable, like, I, you know, I try to make it very clear from, like, the moment that they come in that it's, like, you can tell me whatever's yeah. going on, however you're feeling. Because it's, like, when I have clients who talk about, like, they felt like they couldn't say anything to their tattoo or like yeah. anything about the experience made them uncomfortable and they felt like they couldn't say anything. Yeah. It's just like to feel like trapped like that by somebody that you are giving like so much trust and so much power to is so fucking shitty. So kind of like yeah. what we were talking about earlier with like, you know, like if somebody wants to make a change to my design, like I feel rock solid about my art. Like I'm fucking, I like my own art. I'm good at this. You know what I mean? I like in a, in a, a yeah, in like a genuine <laughs> way. Like yeah. I like what I do. Otherwise I wouldn't do it. But, like, if you're like, hey, this isn't what I want on my body forever, like, that's an entirely different conversation. That has nothing to do with whether or not the art is good. So, is tell me about a time that you made a client super uncomfortable. Can you think of one? Oh. Where you had to, like, correct it. Yeah, actually, I can think of one. Um, I was talking with a client who has, like, um, like, I would say she has, like, a, a medium complexion. And we were yeah. talking about... We were doing black and gray tattoo, and she was talking about one in color, right? And, like, I was looking at her skin tone, and I, I used the phrase, like, oh, no, like, I was like, whoever told you you can't get color, like, is just fucking lazy. I was like, you're pretty light skin. And then there was, like, this big fucking, like, dead, silent air. And I was just like, oh, sh-. like, I'm really Came sorry. Like, I did yeah. not... I was like, you know what I mean? Because I do yeah. know that, like, that that particular phrasing is not okay with some people, right? And I was just like, that was just like a poor choice of words. I was like, what I meant to say is that like your complexion can support like a wide range of color. Like whoever yeah. told you that you couldn't, you know what I mean? And Did like you I, see I her backtracked. Like, for them to get yeah, like visibly her, her like and her friend like both got really quiet. Like I, you know, I'm tattooing her. I like felt her body tighten up and I just immediately was just like, you know, like I'm, I am really sorry. Like that was a poor choice of words, you know? And like, I have never used the phrase light skin sense. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, but it's good to give your client that clarity. Yeah, like, and yeah. I really didn't mean anything by it. That can be a, a sensitive topic. 100%. Sometimes it's it's tough to talk about, you know? Because, yeah. like, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying about, like, tattooers being jaded or just, like, used to, like, when you're referring to this, this is a special day, but, like, this is every day for us. Sometimes it can be so much about the design and, like, the canvas I'll forget that I'm talking to a human sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm so worried about everything after the human part. I was just going to say that. Like, it's almost like we don't see it as like other people see it. 
Yeah. Like, I don't see you as like a Spanish person, a black person, a white person. I see you as like, like you're saying like whatever tone your skin is. It's like I'm not like a piece. You're of not. Wh- you're a piece of artwork. You're a piece That's of paper. You know. It's like whoa, Cam. No, it's like maybe you have like a darker piece right. of paper. It's that, but I see you as that. You're just a canvas. Like yeah. it doesn't change how I feel about you. It changes just how I approach the tattoo. And like I feel like that's part of being good artists is like being honest with your clients like that and letting them know what you well, can and can't do. And like the other side of that too, though, with being honest is like just because I don't know how to achieve the result my client is looking for doesn't mean somebody else does. 100%. And I feel like I encounter that a lot where it's like clients have been told like you can't have this, this won't work on you, whatever. And it's just like it's just not true. Like I, I as somebody that does like a lot of like kind of like finer line dot work illustrative kind of stuff, like I've had a lot of clients like email me and been been like hey like I, I've been told that I can't get this art style on me and it's like no it's not true at all like yeah. uh, the actual technical application side of like what I'm doing is actually going to be changed a little bit but like the end result is going to look the way you want it to look yeah. and like that's all that matters and yeah. like uh, you know people have like asked me to, you know I don't do a lot of color full stop it's just not something I enjoy yeah so it's like you know, when people ask me stuff about color I'm just like honestly I don't really like I'm not an expert on this mm-hmm. like ask somebody who does a lot of color work because, like, I can give you my best guess, but, right. like, that's not actually that helpful. And I don't want to make any definitive statements that are untrue. So it's like, if I don't know how to do something, like, they just say that. You don't have to be an expert on everything. But that's the best advice you could give is, like, hey, I don't know. Here's someone that does. Yeah. yeah. Here's, like, a direct referral. Ask them. But, yeah, oftentimes, like, I feel like it is my responsibility to communicate some of this stuff with clients, you know? Like, whether it's about skin tone or, like, showing, you know, a piece that they found on Instagram, you know, on some crazy Has anybody ever shown you a very obviously Photoshopped reference? Because that's my favorite. When I'm like, no, no, this isn't, this isn't real. real. This is not a real tattoo. I want it to glow like that. It's like, well, (laughs) you can't. But it's like, you know, if my grandma comes in to get tattooed who has 80-year-old skin and Mm -hmm. she shows me a 20 you know, your old Irish girl with a tattoo with super pale. I'm like, it's just not, it's just not. And I have to like let people know that sometimes or sometimes like rib tattoos and like the picture is like this dude who has 6% body fat versus someone who has like 30% body fat. It's like, there's going to be these differences, you know, and I've even experienced that like working out at the gym, like with trainer, I'm like, I want to look like that. And my trainer is like, that's not your body type. You'll never look like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and that's or just, just like, what it oh, is I sometimes. I see this person yeah. here every single day for the last five years. Are you going to do that? And it's like, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or whatever He's here it is. twice like some, a day. <laughs> and, it, you know, it might be like, okay, you know, back in reference to the training, like, John, like, you're never going to look like that because you don't have that body style, but we can still get, like, a body Similar. style you like. Yeah, right. Or that you're happy with. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. And like, and these like are what just is it about that person's aesthetic that you like? Because that's achievable. Right. Yeah. Right. Or what do you, what is it about this person's tattoo that you like? And maybe we could put it in a better place to get closer to that end result. Yeah. Or change the design or bump up the contrast. Or like, and these are the options that we have. And hopefully we know as tattooers to help get around or improve certain situations. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Like, I feel like that's really what? big with like... <laughs> I just imagine you at the gym and you're like, I want that guy's body. Yeah. And she's like, he is six, seven. First of all, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is fucking Greek and you will never look like that. Yeah. <laughs> we to work down a little bit. Yeah. Like, what kind of leg lifts do I need to do to grow six right. inches? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yo, so you, need change, you need to change your lineage, bloodline, and all that if you want to look like that. No, bro. I'll talk specifically about that example if you want, though. It had to do with my biceps, actually. And I have really high biceps. So it's like, I will never achieve this bottom peak, whatever. This like is people, have, like, the short, people that have like the short biceps and stuff like if that. If you have short biceps and you like, you know, flex, you'll have this ball here, you know? And then the alternative of having a higher bicep is you can get, you know, a bigger shoulder, but I didn't really want bigger shoulders. And then I cried. <laughs> <laughs> At the gym or later? Like right, right in that moment, I'm just trying to figure out the, where he's you were crying, crying while like on the while floor, while you're he's crying. like he's curling, looking at the dude next to him, just like tears coming tear. down. Yeah. My eyes are sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> my forehead started to lean into my trainer as I as I cried. I just picture your trainer she, with her accent too, just be like, "You never look like that." Oh, ba- oh baby. Oh baby. Oh, I'm baby. sorry. <laughs> oh baby, me and more. It's real world. <laughs> now Lily's the shit. Lily's like, you want to look like this? Yeah. <laughs> she literally has the That's perfect like, body She probably has the best body in yeah, there. Bro. So she's like, and she's like look very like that, naturally look like tan, so she has like the shadow yeah. definition. You know? she's got, she looks like she looks the cut. dudes that are just freshly painted, but she's yeah. like that 24-7. Yeah, bro. And then the, now that we're comfortable, she always complains to me about her body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, it's fucking great. She whatever. tells you what she wishes she could improve. Yeah, on. and I'm over here like <laughs> trying to get half of what you have. You know? I need to tell you about Allegory's new Ultra Black. This stuff is dark, maybe even darker than my childhood. It is amazing for lining, shading, and even blackouts. And I know a thing or two about blacking out. You got to check this stuff out on AllegoryInc.com. Use discount code unemployable for 20% off. Again, go to allegoryinc.com, check out their new ultra black and use discount code unemployable for 20% off. Have you had a situation where you, where a client wanted something that you knew would look bad and you had to figure out how to steer them? Yeah, hundred percent. And then I've been in like the same situations as Andy where it's like they want something I'm just not versed in. And I, at the end of the day, just want everyone to have the best tattoo that they can get. And I have no problem, like, you know. Could you, like, explain? <sighs> Rather than just repeat what we already said? Yeah. Um, need a minute to think of an example. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, it's a little harder to make, like, changes on the spot. I'm still, like, dealing with stuff yeah. like that. I'm not the quickest uh, at drawing or creating. So sometimes I'll, like, definitely, like, client doesn't like something, I get, like, instant anxiety i start freaking out a little yeah, bit you, you know? have to be changed on the spot 100 percent. i'm not the best at doing that so but maybe like, the situation was a client wanting to change the design yeah but i'm also really patient so i like take that time and like i'm okay like i don't like when my client's hovering over me while i'm drawing but like i'm okay and i'm willing to like sit there with my client and like you know tweak it to they're like watching they like you. It? They're like, what are you going to change? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. Give me some time. I'm just, that's hard in the beginning. Like when you have to learn to adapt. Yeah. Like uh, you talked about it, like loving your art. And then like we got to change. I'm decent at it, but I used to be really fucking bad at it. But yeah. that's like a, like an ego thing, which is like yeah. a huge fucking issue in tattooing. Yeah. Man, nobody yeah. has bigger egos than tattooers. But yeah. like. 
No, I have what? no problem. Nobody has bigger egos than tattooers. No, I know. <laughs> I was trying to think if I could think of someone. Oh, if you could think of somebody that yeah. was magicians, a tattooer. Yeah. Athletes. <laughs> yeah, those fucking magicians. Bro. Yeah, man, they'll get you. I think they're just fucking magic. God. <laughs> I know your tricks. <laughs> but, like, yeah, being able to, like, separate your own art from yourself, which I feel like as a tattooer, I mean, it's, like, the amount of, like, like we talked about, like, regular clients are awesome, but, like, how often do you, like, do a tattoo and then never see it again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, being able to separate yourself from your art needs to... Feel like be a bigger part of tattooing. Yeah, yeah. Realizing that the, that person has to wake up and look at that tattoo yeah. every day, like, which is also fucking crazy. I, yeah. I'm sorry to like go back to this, no, but like people walking in and being like, "Hello, I'd like to carry your art on my body every day till I die." That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's so sick. It's like the I had like one of those realizations a couple months ago. Where I was like, "Damn, I'm actually like doing this to people. This is kind of sick." Yeah, like, and then as you like, like, I have like boys that I've known since I was like ten years old, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like these dudes will have my tattoos when they're dead. Like, yeah, it's and as you like progress in your career yeah. and get the opportunities to do larger works, and you're like, are really starting to change what people look yeah. like. Like you move from doing like these small little tattoos to like actually changing how people look. Yeah, know? and how like the world perceives, perceives them and interacts it. with them. Like whether or not people, I don't know why it's this new thing where people like to pretend that like people don't treat you differently when you're tattooed. But oh yeah, no, they you do. absolutely are treated yeah. differently yeah. when you're mm-hmm. a visibly tattooed person. Yeah. yeah, so they're taking that on, you know, or almost like in spite getting it anyway. Yeah. Like, it's, it's super cool. It's, like, a huge honor, again. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. always coming back to, like, just having so much gratitude for clients. Yeah, and it's definitely important to to have that in the forefront and stay reminded of that. And, like, like you said, being grateful. Sometimes I'll get so caught up in, like, this tattoo I'm doing has to be just as good as the one I did yesterday, hopefully better ideally better i want every tattoo i do to be yeah and sometimes that pressure will affect me how i treat my clients 100 i think it's very odd that um because you're kind of talking about earlier like when you wanted to get into tattooing that like oh it seems like this fun like goofy good time job Mm -hmm. and like a lot about it is but like the the like i feel like common conception that it's not like people don't think of tattooing as like a high pressure job no which blows my mind yeah which like you i feel like like Throughout your apprenticeship, you're like, oh, this is sick. I'm about to tar- start tattooing. And, like, you get to the tattoo part, and you're like, I could fuck this person up for the yeah. rest of their life. And, like, that's a lot of pressure. I feel like you feel it more in the beginning. 100%. Do you still feel that? Do you, Are you like, oh, my God, I could fuck them up forever? I mean, I guess that's not, at like, the front of my mind. But, like, yeah. I do, like, I, I think piece, as you maybe? get further into your career and people have an idea of what your work looks like, you, like, there's now a standard you're expected to deliver on. Right. Nobody wants your second best tattoo. Right. Nobody wants your second best tattoo. Yo, because I'll get in my head and I'll, like, when they start deviating too much from the original design. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've gotten better at it and I can hide it. But I used to be like, hey, how are you doing? Here's the design. What do you think? Yeah. And they'd be like... I want to change something, and I'd be like, "Yeah, and you can like see what? it. You can see it in their face you know? before they say it too." I was thinking like more like feminine, and I'll be like, "What do you mean? <laughs> like what? Give me an example." That guy yeah. you had the other yeah. Week. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so catch me up, and then <laughs> what about this guy the other week? Catch me they up. They just bro. fucking <laughs> did. I've talked about this guy so much, and I still <laughs> tattoo him. So. Okay. And he watches the podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she does. <laughs> no, just someone went, they completely changed every aspect of the design to things that I don't ever do. I actually made a video about it just recently. So I actually kind of had that with a client the other week where this project started out with us agreeing on 
like I'll do a very light color fusion, which my version of color fusion is like, it's a black and gray tattoo with like one accent color, like a couple like blue eyes, not blue eyes. We're not putting (laughs) blue eyes on tigers. Um, We're just not. What about green? (laughs) I mean, that's more accurate. Um, You'll be red. Like, you know, like I like, you know, doing like a, I do a lot of like goddesses and ladyheads and like, oh yeah, there's like, you know, red flowers and red in the jewelry. There's like, you know, accent like that. So we had talked about doing like color fusion on this piece. And then when they came back um, to like finish getting it done, they were like talking about like, oh, like I wanted to do full color. And I just like full stopped and was like, you know, like we actually had a consultation for this piece because it was like kind of in depth, which I don't do a lot of in-person consultations personally, just because I don't think it's really necessary. But it's like, you know, we had talked when you came in about doing color fusion. Like I was just like, I I do not do full color tattoos. I was like, so we can either like kind of proceed on the direction we already continued with. Or I was like, if you want to just stop, stop now. Like I was like, I will send you the design and you can get it finished by somebody else who does full color. Like I'm, I'm willing to go that far because like, I really want it to be good for both of us, you know, especially when it's like we had already, cause if it, if it had been at the consultation, I want full color, and that's what I want to do. And I don't want to do anything else. I'd be like, let me offer some other tattooers in Chicago to check out. Yeah. Because that is not what I do. Dude, I had someone in the chair stencil on go, we're doing color, right? You ever had anybody change their mind once you've already started tattooing? The, the yep. same, person we, same person we were just talking about. Oh, man. My, like, heart dropped. That happened I to me last doing week. I forearm tattoo. And, like, like, halfway, like, two hours in, this chick was like, Hey, and I was, you know, the way people say, hey, where you're just like, oh my, like, so I was thinking, (laughs) and it was like, really lucky. I think it was like, this was like when I first started tattooing, but I think it was like florals and filigree or like florals and like a mandala. And like, she like didn't want the mandala anymore and just wanted more filigree. And we had thankfully just been tattooing like bottom up. And so I was just like, cool, like we'll come up to this part and then we'll wipe off the stencil. And like, so it was like, it was a situation where it was okay. It's still difficult. But it like. You change your whole thought process. It's just, bro, it's so scary. Cause you're just like, are you about to say something that I can't change? Like. Dude, the worst experience of my life. Like I things away. Yeah. The worst experience of my life have started with, hey, can I talk to you about something? (laughs) (laughs) So I was wondering. Across the board, not just tattooing. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Why is all my family here? Yeah, <laughs> not a, yeah. I, I can't. Even, I, I don't even think I can. I don't think I can talk about the experiences. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it's it's. Like yeah, the, whatever the client changed everything and and, but back to what I was saying, I'm guilty of like. I know you're gonna leave with this tattoo and like my name's on it and like what other people are gonna think. You know, like, oh, you said, like, I got tattooed by this artist. That's weird. This looks nothing like their art. Yeah. You know, yeah. or like, and then I'll get it in my head. They're going to be like, oh, like, you paid all this money for this fucking tattoo. Yeah. Right. Because I was thinking about that the last couple of weeks is like what the client wants versus what I think the best design is and like where that happy medium is or like where you really should put the focus Mm -hmm. because in this situation I'm talking about all the focus went to what the client wants. Yeah. And I hated the tattoo, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of wish my name wasn't attached to it. However, the client was stoked about it and loved it. And I was like, is, is that the right way to do it though? Like they're happy. I mean, they paid for a service. I was miserable the whole fucking day. And I almost quit tattooing over it. Right, but it also <laughs> sounds like, I mean, the tattoo you did was not the tattoo you agreed upon. 
Correct. You know, and I've had that happen before. I think I can think of one time that happened. Yeah. But she came in and like I showed her the design and she was like, hey, actually, I was thinking we could do this like other, like a floral or something. Right. Like nothing that was like wildly out of bounds. But I like I just I, like the way how quickly it happened. I was like, yeah. so it sounds like you already knew this before you came in. Was like, Give me a day. I was up like, I was like, so I'll go redraw it right now. But I was like we're not counting your deposit towards this. I mean, I was like, very clearly you had thought about this well before you came in and you were like fine with like me spending time working on something for you that you already knew you weren't going to get. Yeah. And she like was totally understanding of it. She was like, yeah, you're right. Like I should have said something, you know? And like, I have that, like when I send like, um, you know, when people are booking with me, I have like a little like FAQ thing that Mm -hmm. goes along with like the deposit info. And like personally in my FAQ, it's like, you know, if you, if you want something drastically different than what we agreed to at the booking, like, please tell me as soon as possible in case I'm not the right artist for the project. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, you know, maybe what you want changes or, like, your idea develops or whatever. Like, that's, you know, that's normal and that happens. But, like, tell me when that happens because there's no way that happened as you walked through the door. Right. Well, listen, I need some advice from you, Andy. I don't want this. Okay. No, no, no. It'll be good. So I have this person coming back. Okay. So when I first had the consultation, they told me the idea and I said, I'm not the artist for you. Mm -hmm. They begged. They really wanted to work with you. So I was like, okay, but the only way I'll do it is like, I have freedom. Cause like you want these things I don't typically do. Mm -hmm. So like I'll create my version of that, but no changes. Yeah. Obviously they, every change, they almost did everything we've ever made a video about. Mm -hmm. It went so bad. So kind of incredible if they did that as a bit on purpose. I would respect them then. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't think they did it on purpose. No, no, no they didn't. So <laughs> it it went so bad so fast. Ten minutes into them being here, I started giving them the whatever you want. I like think, I just fucking mm-hmm. collapsed. You got like yeah, caught up in yeah. it. Yeah, because that's really it is. It's it's really uncomfortable to kind of yeah. like hold your boundaries yeah as a as an artist yeah. especially because like yeah, you want talking about you want like her name right in the middle of the face i got you i think that looks sick right you know <laughs> like just i abandon everything i think i've ever known now i have them coming back still to okay. do more object or pe- like a tattoo of things that i normally don't tattoo i have more sessions with this person right how do you think i should handle it and it's not like a in progress situation like, this is like you're adding another piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would I handle it? So it'll be the whole session over again. Right. I mean, I think knowing that they're coming in, I would, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's not hard. and I'm not yeah, saying yeah. it's not, like, uncomfortable at times. But I think, like, coming in, like, just reminding them of the conversation that you had before about it, that, like, this is not, you know, work I normally do. And, like, we agreed that, like, if we were going to go down this route, you were, like, comfortable with me doing it the way that I thought would be best. And, you know, if they come in and, like, you have something and it's that's not what they want, I just, circling back, kind of like the, the full color thing, just, like, circling back to, like, hey, you know, we had actually talked about this before. And, like, you know, if it's not the – like, I want you to have a tattoo that you're happy with. Like, when I talked to that client where I was, like, hey, like, we talked about this. I don't do full color. Like, I was really stressed out because I was, like, I don't want you to now have this, like, half-finished tattoo for me yeah. that you're disappointed in. Like, I right. really don't want that for either of us, mm-hmm. right? But, like, I also don't want to do a full color tattoo that I know I'm not going to enjoy the process of. Like, I just don't really enjoy doing color personally. Yeah. Um, these people are fucking way better at it than me who 
get joy out of doing it, you know? Like, I think that's something, too, with, like, styles and stuff. Like, I've I've forayed into realism once or twice before, and it's, like, <laughs> not enjoyable to me. I don't like looking yeah. back and forth between my reference and the tattoo all day, you know? Yeah. But <coughs> it hurts I your guess, back. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, like, I guess circling back to this client, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a really uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, I figured 100%. my options were abandon them completely. Um, give them exactly what they want. Like, know that they're just this person. Come mm-hmm. in, like, ready for that. Um, maybe even, like, hey, come in an hour early. We'll design it together. Because mm-hmm. that's what it was, sitting over my shoulder all day. Oh, move that there. Do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking of suicide. Last option is. I know, but that's also, like, the layout of your shop. You can't really get away from your clients. I know. I have to go in the like, bathroom. Like, <laughs> shops need a an, a client for your area. I'm a big no. believer in that. You need an artist space that's just for artists. And it's not because I don't like my clients and I don't want to be around you. But also, like, if I'm working on a drawing, like I'm going to try a couple different things yeah, before yeah. I'm, like, like, I'm going to work through a bunch of options before I bring you what I think is the best one. So, like, you actually sitting and watching me do it is not helpful. Right. Yeah, like, sometimes process. our creative process is very messy and it could throw clients off. Yeah, but also, like, I, I like to try multiple things. I'm a big believer that, like, your first idea is not your best idea. It's, like, a big part of the reason I don't like doing freehand stuff. Like, I get emails for, like, people who want drawn-on florals, and I'm like, why? Yeah. You <laughs> know? Like, is there, like, what is your reasoning that, like, this is something you really want? Um, and usually people don't really have a good reason for it other than they think it would be, like, a cool experience. My artist like, drew this straight on me. Yeah. yeah freestyle. 100% it. <laughs> is definitely works for some people. But, like, I'm like, no, no. I would rather, like... Draw it, look at it, spend time. Like, if I draw on you and then tattoo you, like, we're just going with whatever I drew on you. Right. Like, I want to draw it and, like, leave it alone. Maybe do some thumbnail sketches. Like, I really want to spend time on my designs. It's just, like, how I like to work. But anyways, back to your client. So I should abandon him completely. (laughs) But, like, I think you should have an honest conversation about it. Because it sounds like you guys already talked about it before. I mean, because I've been there, too. I had that happen with them. Somebody had sent me these references where it was, like, a lady face in florals. And some of the designs, like, it was, like, a half face where it was, like, partially covered with, like, florals. And, like, but not all of them were like that. So, she, and she didn't say anything about it. And she showed up. And I had done, like, a full lady face, like, kind of more surrounded by florals. And it was, like, not what she wanted. So then I went and I, like, hustled to, like, redraw it because, like, I can draw florals fast if I have to. And it was just this, like, big back and forth thing. And she just, she didn't like how I was drawing stuff and she kept like kind of pulling up her references and I was just like well like but like my work doesn't look like that right you know and you my understanding was you were like here's some inspiration and like do it in your style and like you know I kind of like left her with that for like 15-20 minutes and then I like came back and like legitimately she was like like, are we ready no legitimately she was like you know you're right like (laughs) what do you learn you're right she was like your work isn't what I'm looking for and left yeah wow that's, I guess, the best way it could have gone, right? Yeah. I mean, and she was fucking really fucking mad about it, but, like, she, at one point, did say, like, that was my fault. Like, like her. Yeah. She was yeah. like, yeah, your work isn't what I'm looking for. And then left. And she did leave. And she was upset when she left, which right. I get, because, like, you took like time off and, and all that. Like huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, Keep that, I mean, that entire interaction and situation, like, sucked and was really uncomfortable, yeah. but I was not about to do a half-sleeve in, like, an art style that, like, right, because I was going to be miserable for, like, oh. eight hours. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not, it, there's a difference between, like, a small design change and then just doing something 
so out of my wheelhouse and it's like, I'm going to be unhappy. And then always the bigger thing to me is someone else can do this better. Yeah. And probably fast. You know what I mean? Someone else can do this better. They're going to enjoy it, which is going to make it a better experience for everybody involved. Yeah. Like you can tell when your tattooer doesn't want to treat your tattoo. Yeah. I don't think tattooers have good poker faces. No. This guy couldn't. He thought I had a fucking great time. Yeah. I think I'm going to put my headphones on that next time, which I never do. But And I know you might judge me for that, but I think that's... that's it's understandable, though. I at least understand because I, I I met them. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably... You also don't do that every single time. But... You don't always tattoo in headphones, right? No. No, no but yo, going back to like what you said about that guy, that's like, don't talk to <laughs> Like, he's not going to talk to you. <laughs> like... There's there's some sessions where like I wish that could happen, you know. Have you ever come in and you're just like, yo, I'm not talkative today, yeah. like, or I don't feel good or like whatever. Yeah, I tell people that. You're like, I don't feel good. Don't talk to me. I mean, I would never say it like that, <laughs> but I'd be like, hey, you know, I have some personal stuff going on, and like I'm here yeah. and I'm down to tattoo, but like if I'm a little quiet, it's just because I'm trying to really focus on the work today. Yeah. No, like I feel like it's my like I need to talk to the client. And most of the time, almost all the time, I enjoy it, yeah. you know. Sometimes it's like a fun little break from whatever bullshit I have going on in my life. Yeah. But if I'm doing like a calf or a back or like, I know we're not going to talk a lot, you know. Yeah, that it's just way too hard. Yeah, it's just yeah. 90% of it is like your client talking and then you either, it's like essentially like the smile and nod at a club, like yeah. at a bar, like when you can't really hear somebody, you're just like, yeah, man, totally. Yeah. But it's different, <laughs> like with the rotaries now, like you don't have the noise, like back with the coils, like there wasn't as much talking. Like, oh, I know? can't hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my mom just died. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy for you. Like, oh, Does everyone sick, at the shop Wait, use what? rotaries? <laughs> Pretty much, The whole yeah. shop uses rotaries. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the dudes who, like, came here that some, were using coils have, like, switched here. Do you, the, the people you apprentice, do you make them learn coils? No. Why? It's a good, it's a good ass question. It's like I don't. Cursive? <laughs> From like what you, from what you told. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'll I'll keep my opinions. You go first. (laughs) From like how you, like how I learned. I feel like you told me it was like, I feel like it's definitely easier to get a grasp of the tattooing part, right? Like when you just start off like that. So with Cam, we broke down, broke it all down, put it together. Like he had that option, and he's like, I want to use rotaries, you know. And I'm like, okay. And like for me, I'll never go back to a coil, and like I haven't for five years. So it's like, cause I treat it like sponsorship. Like if mm-hmm. you're coming to me, it's cause you want what I have and I don't mm-hmm. tattoo with a coil. Mm-hmm. And the reality is like, I haven't tattooed with a coil in a long time. Yeah. So I can teach you like the basics and stuff, but once you get to a certain level, like I'm not really gonna be able to teach you anything. You know, I can like send you here, like there or whatever, like go learn from this person but it's like, hey, I'm going to teach you exactly what I'm doing and the style I'm doing. Right. I might send you to different artists to learn different things. Like if you want color, yeah, go talk with Nate. If you do want to use other machines or whatever. But I'm, I can only teach you what I know. Or right, like what I, what I do. So I'm not going to waste time like explaining these things that like I don't even use. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to get really specific about it. Like we are going to learn how to use a pen rotary machine. We're going to learn how to do 3RL shading and, and, and that, mm-hmm. you know? Like if Cam had asked me something about color blends or like that style packing or palette choices, I'm not even going to 
get well i know a little bit go to nate right. go talk yeah, to him about it bullshit me you'll just be like yeah, yeah bro because there's like there's no point like, especially what, when I'm it's gonna act like when the information's in here yeah and i've had a bunch of artists be like oh like you're like losing tradition like that's bullshit that like you don't teach them that and that's not what i'm saying I'm just saying, like, I don't teach. I'm not saying they shouldn't learn. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know? Because you've never been like, no, you're not allowed to. Right. Like, right. if I had a question about coils or something, I'll go ask Scott, Phil, yeah, yeah. you know, Rob. Like, these are dudes who still use them. You right. Know? Like, so what I always find interesting is, like, meeting newer tattooers who have never used coils, but have strong opinions about why a pen style rotary machine is so much better. So yeah, I don't that have I have, opinions. that is what I take issue yeah. with is I'm like, but you've never actually, you've never tried it. Like you don't know how it would change the way you yeah. tattoo. Right. I think it's essential to, because the rotaries are like very like specific. And I think if you know the rotary you're going to use, it's almost similar. It's like, okay, I'm going to start with like a 4.2 stroke. And it's like, if I want to do some softer work, I'll go get a 3.5. You know, if I want to do some bolder stuff, I'll go get a 5.0. But it's like, you you learn these things, you know? And there's still, right. there's, it's not like, like, I don't think, like, yeah, probably picking up a rotary out the box and using it is definitely easier. But it's, there's still a learning gap to it, you know? It's still a machine. You're still not used to it. I know it's not traditional, but. Well, I think in the beginning, too, like, we're always encouraging to try everything, even if you don't think you're mm-hmm. going to like it. Yeah. Like, we told you to use every different machine yeah. in the shop. Dude, I was borrowing the floors, Cubans, right. trying, trying to use machines with back weight so, like, I knew what it felt like. You right. know, it's not a coil, but it's felt very and similar And then it's kind of like you pick, which might sound silly because it's like, how the fuck does a one-year tattooer know what they want to use for the mm-hmm. rest of the year career? But at least getting in the mindset of, like, trying new things. Yeah. You know, because I didn't make the switch on machines until, like, I don't know, six years into tattooing. And I don't think you should like stay stuck, you know, in one thing. Mm-hmm. Like you should always be like checking out new products. Yeah, and like, I've gotten like three new machines that all are different strokes right. so I could try different things and do right. different but things. But even when you're them. like, yo, like should I use the 4.2, the 5.0? Uh, like my answer is going to be like, I use a 4.2 for everything. Oh, but it's softer and whatever. I'm going to be like, get better with your hand. Yeah, right. Like that, I mean, that's like yeah. how I do it. Cause, well, because like, that's the that's the argument where it's like people always like want to know like what machines are you using, like what needles right. are you using, like all this stuff. And it's like if you're a good tattooer, like you can do good tattoos with like anything. Yeah, and I really believe that. Like I think when it comes to something like like color pigment, like there's some brands are better than others, but yeah. that's like that has nothing to do with tattoo like application. Yeah, sure. Because like a I mean? fire color artist could probably put any brand color into your skin. Well, then also, like, because I'll have my boys be like, no, don't tell Cam to just rely on, like, his hand motion. Like, just tell him to get a softer machine. Mm. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, if you want to do yeah. that. But you're, but he's asking me how I do it. Right. And that's how I do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and if you eventually want to get to that point, why wouldn't you just start now? No, well, you're going to do the whole soft machine bullshit and yeah, then huh. only to come back <laughs> to, like, improve your, yeah, guess what? Like, you're going to suck in the beginning. It's going to be uncomfortable. That would be, like, my argument No, 100%. Yeah. And I think, like, I don't know. I like the approach you let me take on tattooing, you know, kind of, like, figuring that out. And I do think, like, starting on the like rotary. Like, use rotary, show up late to work. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> That's yeah. what you've learned Bishop, baby. Yeah. <laughs> John's like, get a bishop. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, I know, like, when you first got your 5.0, you, like, you had been using the 4.2 forever, like, since yeah. I had started apprenticing on it. And then you got the 5.0. And yeah, I saw you do like some really cool work with it and almost like 
still doing super smooth shading with a very aggressive machine looking super similar to 4.2 work. And I'm like, that's sick because he's using a lot more control. It's a lot more like hand pressure. Like it's a lot more technicality while using that. And I think that's like almost as essential as, you know, like learning your machine, like the pressure and like, you know, the finesse that comes with it, which was something that I wanted to learn. Right. Like, and I think it's helped a lot. A lot of it's technical skill. I was actually talking about it with somebody recently. We were at a like a FK event where they're letting people try out their new um the new machine they had. Yeah. Um, and I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it doesn't have like the voltage numbers on it. And like another tattooer was saying it's like that colors. They, yeah, yeah. Another tattooer was saying they didn't like that, and I was like, man, like the first like power supply I ever had was just a fucking dial. Yeah. Like no numbers, yeah. no colors, nothing. And like the guy I apprenticed under was like, well, you should just know if it sounds right. Yeah, like feel. And it. I still feel that way about rotaries. Like it, they do sound different at different voltages. And like because yeah, the FK will do like a 0.5 range or something, right? Like I this mean, color to this color is this voltage. It's like and blinking colors, you know? like a certain right. voltage. But they were like that. talking about how they want to know what voltage their machine is running at. And I'm just like, but like there's so many other factors that tell me that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you used to like be able to feel like the armature bar and stuff and kind of like feel it out mm-hmm. with the coil. It's not like you can yeah. do that with, like, you could drive no, the needle into like, your thumb. Like, yeah, that feels right. <laughs> Damn, yeah, I that's feel like I can hear it in my machine. You know yeah. what I mean? It does sound different. And, like, you can also just see it. Like, if I pull a line and I'm like, oh, man, it's not, like, it's not pushing this yeah. needle hard boop, enough. Boop, 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 you know boop, boop, what I mean? Like, and yeah. then you can adjust from there. You don't actually need to know what the number is. Yeah. Right. Can you make but that like, noise again? Boop, 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 boop. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my critical sound is like. That's what it sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> What machines do you use? Uh, I have been using the Bishop Wand for a minute, the uh, the five point stroke, which like was interesting to because we I don't know I don't know if you take offense to this, but I'd say technique wise we use relatively similar techniques. Yeah, why uh, would I take offense to that? I don't know because some people like thinking that the, what they do in tattooing. No, is very I'm unique so and much. Special. No, I don't do you. anything original. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like you know, like you write, you prefer the four point two, and I'm sure I'd have a good time it but it's like yeah i like the five stroke which like people are like oh what, like aggressive and i'm like i use it for fine line shit all no, the time i was gonna say like yeah. that too like I, I got my 5.0 for like some bold shit and i've been using it for a super delicate tattoos recently it's just yeah. like learning how to use that machine i have it out always um and i'm really only using it if like their skin has started to toughen up mm-hmm. if it's an area that has tough skin mm-hmm. Uh, or if like, I feel like it's just taking too long to like work it in with my 4.2 and then sometimes with like blacks, but it's almost like just turning the voltage up. That's how it feels like when I switch the Mm -hmm. machine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never used them back to back, but like I switched over to, to like pen style machines after I did like my first tattoo convention and I borrowed one (laughs) from my coworker. Um, cause he was like, Oh, he's like, you don't have to like pack tubes and needles for a convention. He's like, just use this machine and bring carts. Yeah. And I did that show. And then I was like, I don't want to set up five machines ever yeah. again. That's how once. it started for me. You know yeah, what convenience. I hundred mean? yeah. percent. And I was like the, it's always been, even with switching to like, I know not everybody agrees with this, but I think wireless and wired machines hit differently entirely. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. I don't like when people are like, no battery packs are just as good. They're not. Right. But again, it was just like a pros cons list where it was like, was like slightly adjusting the way I tattoo to achieve the same results, like worth all the like benefits of being wireless. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's like better or worse. It's just like what you prefer. Cause I don't like dragging like a fucking cord everywhere, you know? Yeah. I like my favorite thing about wireless machines is like, 
you know, there's like just this one line that I would love to pull from a different angle. I love that I can just like get up and like fucking walk to the other side of the table, pull one line and then like go back. You know what I mean? Like, so I noticed that even though I have no experience with coils, like when we went to Philly, I was like, I can only imagine how much easier this makes it like the whole setup process, the whole travel. It's like, I can literally fit everything I need into a Pelican case. Yeah. Battery machine, two machines, four batteries like all in one case it's yeah there was even this like little time period when when i was like working with tyler where it was like get as many dan cubans as you could (laughs) and like bring them all to the convention (laughs) and like even before that with like coils and tubes and whatever like it was so much to bring and that was a big reason why i stopped color people's like (laughs) setup before like anybody's even unpacking like the 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 coil guys, the color guys, they all yeah, have those fucking like trunk. toolbox yeah. trunk things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm walking in with my Pelican case, like, uh. yeah. Like, yeah, like a Ziploc bag. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like my lunch. This weekend, like, I brought like a fucking, like a, like a tray, essentially, like a little like eight by 12 tray with like needles in my machines and like, yeah. that's it. Yeah, it was easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Just so you can experience it. I have it. been looking at Cubans recently. You can just use mine. Did you, you get like it back it. from Ricky? Oh, I don't know if I did. Yeah, I think he still has it. <laughs> I love my Cuban so much, I'd lose them all the time. <laughs> I do like that that turquoise one. You I know? just like how it looks. <laughs> like yeah. It looks fucking sick. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, when I used it, it was fucking fun. Yeah. I've done, like, a super traditional piece with it with, like, a 25 mag whip shading. And yeah, I've there, done, and like, fine line 3RL tons of shit. artists that do fine line and 3RL whip and 3RL smooth, like, with... Well, you know, there's, there's still portrait artists that use coil machines. Yeah, like, you know, like uh, Old West Coast dudes are still I mean? using them. Like, I've seen beautiful soft blends done with well, coils. Well, honestly, I think coils are softer than rotaries. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dan Cubans are. Right. You know well, I mean? that's like, the cool thing about coils, right? Is like the, the build of the machine matters so much. Whereas like yeah. pen style machines, it's like a lot. Because they have that give, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a handicap. They're a little confusing, but they're cool. What's confusing? The Cubans? Yeah, what's confusing about it? Um, how to spell them? Yeah. <laughs> Cuban, Cuban. I don't know how to say it either. <laughs> what the capital It's is. like all like the different, like things like the Mojo Box, the Sidewinder, and all these like different machines. And I know he like explains in all the descriptions like how they're used, but they like change a lot just by like how you put the clip cord in them, like red side up or down, you know, like changes how they work. So it's like a definitely a little bit more to learn with those than the rotaries. I mean, even though they are rotors, I mean, like, pen-style machines. Yeah, it's funny to hear that because it's, like, not complicated at all. But that's also coming from, like, an era where we used exactly. coils. Yeah. You're where, used like, to you like could tune everything. Yeah. You know? Like, I remember I'd be fucking with my machine for five, ten minutes sometimes before to get it, like, where I wanted. I had to build my first machine. Right. The guy I apprenticed under gave me his, like, spare parts box and was like, okay, Right. You've seen machines, build one now. You like actually the first one I built, he was that. like, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Try again. <laughs> yeah. We did that with Cam as well, but even like buying like built coils mm-hmm. and like fucking with them. Just you know? Them yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, expensive. Like I want to collect them all, but they're so expensive. Man, fucking machines being over a thousand dollars is like <laughs> I don't know, I find that so offensive. I'm I, like, this I is dropped like stupid. Well, let's, talk, let's talk about that. <laughs> well, because I f- to me, it almost makes sense because, like, prices of tattoos have raised. Yeah. Me right? and, we we kind of, like, touched about this. Me and Scott did, too, how he was like, yo, like, a good set of coils 12 years ago was, like, 400 bucks. I was like, 
that to like today's time is like twelve hundred probably. You know, well it's for like, like a one for like coil a set. machine. No, he was, yeah, or essentially it was like something like that. But he was like, to be honest, like twelve hundred now is probably like same yeah, like as ten it years used to ago be. for like a really good coil, you were gonna pay. Mm, let's say fifteen years ago, it was like you know two fifty, two twenty. Yeah. And then it went up to like 300 to 400 area, yeah. maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get like, like the, the standard. But no, no, I'm curious on your your end of it. Because I'm like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like the price of everything's raising all the time. But you obviously feel different. I think because to me, making coils is a fucking art form. You know what I right. mean? Like they're handmade. They're made with a lot of love. There's like so much thought that goes into the planning of them because very small things completely change how the machine runs right and then you have mass-produced pen style machines with like essentially no tech you know what i mean like like i feel like the the tech aspects that are improving in in tattooing is like you know like needles needles are better pigments are better like there is like tech that's improving in tattooing but like a pen style rotary machine is still just a fucking rotary you know motor like converting rotational motion to linear motion on the drive bar. You know what I mean? Like, the actual, like, that stuff is not really changing or improving. Like, it might be running better, but I don't know. It just blows my mind where I'm like, I don't understand how you're, like, mass-producing this, like, very simple thing and then asking for so much money. You know? I feel like a lot of of it has a lot more to do with, like, marketing and hype and branding. And, like, I'm always the first person to joke about, like, you can sell anything to a tattooer if you say it's free tattooing. Yeah, like yeah. We're a very dumb group of people. Yeah. Um, like in a fun way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like when I like when I see machines passing like the thousand dollar mark, I'm like, I especially as somebody that really truly believes that like while a good machine makes your job easier, like it, it doesn't make you a better tattooer. Right. You know? And so to like kind of like see people coming into tattooing and trying stuff for the first time and being like, Oh, I need this like fourteen hundred dollar machine to do a good tattoo. You don't like and you don't, especially when you're, like, starting out and, like, you don't have that money. Um, I was talking to somebody, a client of mine, and they were telling me that one of their friends was apprenticing and that, you know, they were saving up to get a machine so that they could start doing tattoos. And that this was actually super cute. Like, a whole group of them were going to, like, you know, give her her, like, whatever, $50 or whatever she was being allowed to charge for tattoos yeah. to cover supplies. Like, they were all going to, like, prepay it so she could buy this machine. And I was like, oh, like, how much is she saving up? Because, like, I'm trying to judge, like, what machine I think this person's getting. And they were like, oh, yeah, she needs, like, $1,200. And I was like, no, you fucking don't. Like, I mean, dude, like, you can get those standard Bishop wands for, like, 600 bucks. It's, like, all you need. Yeah, I know. And, like, the that new FK machine, not to be, like, an ad for FK, but I think that was 600 the one, bucks. The one, right? And the one with the, right? the, with the got, lithium like, the battery in it. Yeah, the built-in yeah. lithium batteries and all, like, the built-in how battery long does pack it and last? all that shit. No, it's, like... It's got like a battery. That yeah, you it's take. you ever use like a Cheyenne where it's like they fucking have like batteries that you put in and out. Oh, weird. It's like, like charge the whole one thing of those like C batteries, like the big bulky yeah, one. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like in the machine. Uh. So yeah, I think it's you like can, you can take a it out, but they last amount. like all day. Yeah, I think that they said like twelve hours with that one, and it is like a rechargeable yeah. big Usually, battery. I mean, but but it's like an Xbox controller. Yeah. Like if it dies, like you just put a new battery in and just keep going. That's weird. But that one is supposed to be, like, their affordable option now. Right, and, like, yeah. I used it, and, I, you know, I got to play around. I, like, on fake skin, which is so different than tattooing a real person. But, like, I was like, yeah, this is, like, a, this to me is, like. Probably, like, a great starter like machine. Seems like a fair price point. Seems like, 
Yeah. You know? Like that, I don't know. That like tech is like really standard now. So I mean, like to charge so much for it is I like. I feel like it's the machines with the batteries included or like what's expensive. It's the batteries that they're getting you on. Well, the batteries those, are like four or 500 bucks. That's what I'm saying. Like just two criticals are 500 bucks. They're 250 yeah. a piece. So it's like realistically machine machines only 600 it's like they're getting you on the batteries because they offer like the ability to just buy the machines and use them with the rca cord and like that's still the way more affordable option yeah but i've bought like you know knockoff batteries and had no problem yeah exactly amazon's got them for like 30 50 bucks yeah Yeah. you want to talk about amazon let's talk about the disposable (laughs) tattoo pen that (laughs) shit slaps have you ever used it no but uh, packs color really well if anyone's looking for like a a couple months ago, we were, dollars. like, brainstorming, creating a disposable machine, but then it was, like... Oh, it's crazy. We the the concept waste. of using a, a disposable machine is, is terrible, and yeah. nobody should do that. Yeah. But I I'm, I bought it because I wanted to try it, <laughs> yeah. and it, like, packed pretty fucking heavy. Right. It's not a problem. There well, was I've definitely a couple used, of us like, like cheap fucking bullshit. machines. Yeah. yeah, and had a great fucking time with them. Right, which, cause, and that kind of goes back to more... It, it's more about it's a technical skill like you know the tool is just that it's a tool and it's about how you use it yeah. at the last convention i was handed a fake machine and they're like use it and i did and fucking it was good rip that tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was just like, fine you know i've used yeah like i said knockoff battery packs before yeah. that cost fucking 80 bucks and you yeah. know what i mean and it's like stuff like that where it's like i i just need to see like how do i say this I understand, like, what the actual, like, cost of what you're selling is. So, like, trying to understand why it's marked up so much. Is it just marked up that much just as, like, a marketing thing and just to make something exclusive? You know, like, my favorite example is always, um, like, Peloton. I know this sounds like a weird segue. But, like, the original point of Peloton was to be, like, this incredibly accessible thing. Um, It was really cheap and, like, the company was failing. And then they just won 180 and made it super exclusive and super expensive. And that company does really well. But nobody wanted a Peloton when it was right. an Cheap. affordable thing. Yeah. Right. So it's like, is that, wh- is that what I'm paying for when I see like a really expensive, like a $250 battery pack, yeah. you know, or is there like actually something about it? Cause like, I'll be honest, like the $80 one I had, um, like eventually just genuinely started falling apart. Yeah. But like when I wanted to see if I liked wireless, I was like, I'm not going to buy like a $250 yeah. battery pack to see if I like it. I will say the criticals are pretty good. I've never had a problem with mine. Yeah, and these are good questions. Danny and I are actually touring all these factories we're talking about in three days. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask all these questions. Yeah. That's right. Ask them specifically. That. Like, oh, what are you charging yeah. people for? Beca- but there's always, like, hidden costs that, like, you might not think about. Or, or the different agendas that you're talking about with, like, raising prices so people think it's better. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these... A lot of these mass-produced things do have research and development, which is really fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. You know, and then also they have to pass certain regulations and, like, testing. Right, and, and like, I, but, and then on all that, right, like, I'm happy to buy stuff from <coughs> companies, like, whatever it is, like, clothing companies, right? Like, yeah. I'm happy to, like, spend more money on clothes if it's, like, I know that, like, the chain of supply is as ethical as you can try to be. Like, it's hard to be an ethical person in 2023, generally. It's yeah. Like very hard to avoid slave labor in your life like i have a cell phone you know right yeah um but like so if i can like understand that like oh like this company like yeah like this product could be 80 dollars, but it's 250 dollars. but you take good care of your employees you know what i mean like for me i'm okay with that yeah i would like people to be paid living wages 
<laughs> yeah, it, that's a whole like different topic. I don't even know. If yeah, I yeah, get yeah into that's that. like way too deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. But uh, no, I, I but understand. So what you're far saying. as like hidden costs, right? right? right. Like, why is this so expensive? And it's like, well, that this is where our employees can feed their families on I one do, job. Like a lot of like uh, companies are like in our industry are like made in America too, right. which I know is like another reason assembled for things. in America. Yeah, well, because like with yeah, a coil, it's just America. like <laughs> yes. it's like, hey, I'm just gonna build this coil and privately sell it. Mm-hmm. With these bigger companies, it's like, hey, I'm gonna sell this like out in the open, mass produce and yeah. whatever. It, they're ho- held to different standards, mm-hmm. you know. But I the what I'm saying is I don't know. Yeah, like what you're saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so it would be cool to get some more information on that and figure it out. Now I wonder, like, let's say. Let's say Danny and I go tour these factories and they're like, this, this, and this is why the price point is this. And let's say they even have a small margin. They're like, we don't actually make a lot of money on it. And then I call you and I'm like, yo, Andy, this is what I figured out. Like their cost is almost as much as they're selling it for. Would you, would that change your mind on that? Yeah, probably. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to start buying and that I think, but I think that comes, <laughs> But I think that comes with watching machines get more and more expensive, you know, like I've been tattooing five years. It's to me not that very long. Right. And it's like I've watched the price of machines like double and triple. And like yeah. I can't believe when I see machines. Like I said, when I see machines come out over $1,000, it's just like I've where, I've only been why? in the industry two years and I've seen it. I remember like when I first got in the industry, like most expensive machine was like just the normal flux. And it was like 900 to 1000 And it's like now I see machines 13, 14. Right, that's the know? thing. Like, like 1000 was topping seen, out. I've even yeah, seen I remember thinking like, damn, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but is it just that simple that it's like somebody did it and then like those machines sold and then they went, oh, okay. Like people are willing to spend that much. And so then the price, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, how glove yeah, yeah. prices never came back down because they were like, oh, well you guys have to buy these, huh? And it's No, like, 100% cool. people <laughs> saw the path that tattooing was going on. They're like, that's a fucking opportunity and I'm going to make money on that. Of course, of course. Any fast growing industry, we see that over and over and over again. And it can be tough to like, you know, look through that and like, hey, what's like genuine? What's like, who is just in this to make money and and deciding like how you're going to respond to that? That that's tough. You know, and we've seen that a lot of times in tattooing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, like, you know, if tattoo adjacent or direct like brands and shops and stuff, it's like, is it owned by a tattoo? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. find that interesting. Like, I like knowing who puts conventions on before I do them. You know what I mean? I'm like, who is actually putting this on? So like yeah. the show I just did last week in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, like I met the chick who puts it on, Jess, and she's fucking, well, it's like a group of people who put it on. It's like sponsored by a show, but she did most of the organizing, right? And I like got to like hang out and talk to her. And it's like, she's like a permanent makeup artist who wanted to learn how to tattoo. And instead of just like starting to tattoo after being like a permanent makeup artist, she's like doing an apprenticeship right now. Cool. After being like, you know, right. tattoo adjacent for like so yeah, long. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, dude, that's fucking sick. Like yeah. you act like you get it. Like mm-hmm. that this is a different art, like a different technique, different art form, everything. Just like yeah. respect for the industry. Yeah, right. Industry. And like when I go to shows like that that are like put on by individuals who are tattooers or like people who really love tattooing, like I feel like the convention's entirely different. Like the focus a hundred percent feels like it's on like a good experience for the artist. Yeah, I'll go back and forth about it because <sighs> If you're a tattooer, I don't really expect you to be good at an event as an event planner. Okay. Just like if you're a tattooer, I don't expect you to be good at engineering products. Mm -hmm. Like that whole like made by tattooers for tattooers. It's like y'all wouldn't use any machine that any of the guys in the shop made, (laughs) you know, but I think they can give that 
mindset or that experience as a tattooer to help improve whatever mm-hmm. they're trying to do. So, like, I think a convention with, like, an event coordinator and a tattooer would do really well. I think individually, I might be a little bit nervous. Like, if it was only an event planner or if it was only a tattooer. So, like, my specific example, this is, like, maybe one of my favorite things I've ever seen done, and I've never seen it done anywhere else, right? So, the the supply company that sponsored the show, like, teamed up with Fusion to have inks available to artists. So, like, let's say you're doing, like, a walk-up and you need color and you didn't bring color. You could just take, like, they had paper plates and ink caps, and you could just, like, take whatever color you needed for that one tattoo wow, and yeah. then go do it instead cool. of, like, buying a whole fucking bottle of ink right, that they, you don't yeah. need or want. And then right? you gotta bring it home. And I'm like, this was, like, 100% a tattooer thought of this. You know yes. what I mean? And yeah. it, like, was a, like, genuinely as a tattooer, I'm like, fuck yeah, fusion inks. Yeah, like, yeah. you guys <laughs> get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that, to me, does actually build brand loyalty. I'm like... That's yeah. fucking sick. Yeah, that makes you, like, reconsider, like, oh, if I'm going to buy a color, I think I'm just going to go with this company. Yeah, right? Like, that's the stuff that actually, like, matters. And, like, seeing stuff like that where I'm, like, you care about, like, this art form and tattooers. You know what right. I mean? Because, like, I've done conventions where I'm, like, this is a super tight money grab. Like, right. awesome. Glad I'm here to help out. Yeah, I like similar kind of thing. Like, when we were in Philly, and I went up to, like, the Bishop booth, and I went to, like, buy some needles. And uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he was, like... Gave me like six sample packs. He's like, yo, I want you to try all of these. I bet it was oh, James. Yeah. Was it James? You know that super handsome dude from Bishop? Oh, like James. Yeah, 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 James, yeah. I remember him. Yeah, he gave me a couple of needles, and they were they were sick. And I was like, yeah, this is like the company I want to work with. Oh, yeah, James shit. is the best. Yeah, and like yeah. I want to like, when I go to a convention event, a guest artist spot, whatever, like I do want to be appreciated, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to be respected. And, and I want like little things like that that are like beneficial as an artist. That's, like, what I want. But I think the side that's not talked about is, like, if we're asking for that respect, we also have to respect the event. Because every fucking time Mm -hmm. I go to a convention and I leave, at least half the convention is trash. Yeah, like, artists booths are fucked up and, like, people are bad to the clients and, like, whatever. So, and I'm always, like, trying to look at, like, both sides of it. So, like... I'm going to clean up my booth. I'm going to yell at Cam and whoever else that it doesn't have the experience. Like, pick up everything off the ground. Put it in your fucking box. Like, like, the way you found it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, because I know those same shit bags that are destroying the convention are the ones like, we want respect and they were not good to the mm-hmm. artist and yeah. like, whatever. And it's like, as an artist, both ways. fuck you. You know? And it's like, because you're not... Like, it's bad for the industry. Like, and then what's going to happen is it's so much easier to see the negatives. So the event planner or the location or the client is going to see how you're treating the space. And it's just bad for everyone. 100%. And these non-tattooers are going to be like, fuck tattooers. They're messy. They destroy shit. You know, back to the old mentality. Which I saw when we were leaving. Yeah, bro. It's fucking everywhere, dude. Disgusting, yeah. Yeah. Tattooers are gross. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> we're oh. clean but gross <laughs> some oh, of us man wow this shirt is actually really nice if you haven't already you need to check out themodelcitizenapparel.com it has the best tattoo clothing I've ever seen and I'm quite a critic when it comes to fashion clothing whatever the design has to be cool and the material has to be comfortable at least form fitting They have a range of styles from vintage to modern. They're continuing to work with new artists featuring new designs and articles of clothing. You need to check out this company, themodelcitizenapparel.com. 
or you can check out their social media, which is Model Citizen Apparel. It's the best. I forgot what I was. I had something else to talk about, but then I got upset with tattooers. tattooers. <laughs> I forgot. Because it all kind of like relates together, right? It's like very much like you get what you give, right? Like, so if you're treating events like you don't give a fuck about them if you're treating clients like you don't give a fuck about them like why should anybody give a fuck about you right you know right tattooing in general it's something that i personally like about tattooing and it's like one of one of the things i actually talk about when i would never take on an apprentice i don't think i'm uh even remotely qualified but like when people ask about stuff like that like the genuine advice i give to people is like uh tattooing doesn't care about you and like that that's just true and always going to be true like if i quit tattooing tomorrow like, sure, I'll have some bombed out clients with in-progress stuff who are like, man, this fucking sucks. But, like, they're going to find someone else to finish their tattoo. They're going to continue collecting work from other people. Like, my career ending is fucking meaningless. Like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a very self-motivated, um, I think, to achieve the level of success that a lot of people admire. It's, like, very self-motivated. Like, I really enjoy getting to spend time with tattooers with, you know, 15, 20 plus year careers that I really admire and, like, whenever I actually get to talk to people like that, it's the thing that's like always very clear to me is it's people who like really fucking care about tattooing as much as they always have. You know what yeah. I mean? Like kind of despite whatever the fuck it is that people want to get jaded about, you know, it's like you just work through that, especially cause like, I feel like, you know, kind of the whole, like whatever old school tattooer versus new school tattooer like mentality right now where it's like, Oh, you know, like all these like soft new tattooers, you've never had to deal with this. You never had to deal with that bullshit, but it's like, Right. But like I have friends who've been tattooing 30 years who are like good to their clients and love tattooing. And like, you know what I mean? Like, so that's yeah. like a it's like very individual and personal. But it's also and this is like my thing with like OG tattooers, because that's been said to me directly. Like, you've never had to deal with this. You've never had to deal with that. And I'm like, yeah, but didn't you do what you had to do to make sure we never had to deal with that? You right. know, or or that. But also like the. The idea that, like, you now have the opportunity to not deal with that. Like, right. um, the shop I'm at right now, like, I'm almost positive everybody's been tattooing there, like, a decade aside from me, you know? And, like, worked, like everybody worked at, like, hardcore walk-in shops where it's, like, saying no to a client or to anything was, like, not an option, right? But it's, like, you don't have to, like, keep carrying that with you. Like, that's a yeah. choice, you know what I mean? Like, you can now tell clients, like, you know, especially if you're, if you're busy. Like, that always blows my mind. Like, tattooers who are busy and are taking on work that they really don't want to be doing. I'm like, I, yeah. I don't understand who this is benefiting. Yeah, It's not good for you. It's not good for your client. I don't ever think doing a tattoo you don't want to do is good for your client. Correct, yeah. You like, know? give it to someone that would enjoy it. Yeah. There's right? Especially if you're overflow. Yeah, especially, right, if you have, like, more work than you can handle. Yeah. You know, and if you don't have more work than you hand can handle, like, I don't know why you're complaining about doing any tattoos. Aren't you just fucking stoked to tattoo? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, part of me, like, loves the grumpy old people. Like, like I could sit next to an old timer and just talk shit back and forth to them the whole time. Yeah, that resonates with you. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I'm also not in the mood. I think my ideal tattoo or, like, someone to share a booth with or, like, an experience with is someone that understands all the basics of tattooing and, like, the manners and, mm -hmm. like, like, shit that I almost, like, yeah, like, of course don't disrespect your client. Of course be on time. Of course, like, try to work with them on the design. Like, cool, you got all that down, and, like, now that we know all the rules, like, let's talk shit, be ridiculous, and have fun. 
Right, but that, right, but it's coming from a place of having fun, right? But right, you and know the foundation I'm, I'm, set. I'm talking about like just fucking any industry complainers, yeah, yeah, yeah. like real ass complainers yeah. who get in their own way, yeah. and like refuse to see that. Um, dude, we have a couple artists that I I really love them to death, and I see them at conventions a lot, and they come up and every, at the end of every day they just complain. They're like, my client, this, this, the design is cold. I didn't bring the book, whatever. And I'm just like, you should quit tattooing. <laughs> I tell them that every day. Yeah. That's my advice. You should quit. Like, you're not happy, you know? Well, and that, like, weird idea that, like, being a... I don't know. I've, like, talked to some people about this kind of recently where they're, like... People seem to think, like, finding success in tattooing is easier than finding success in any other art form. And I just don't think that's true at all. I think tattooing is just, like, really visible right now. But, like, you know, I again, like, I think most people's aspirations are, like like quite high, like 1% yeah. of like whatever field you're interested in, right? Everybody wants that like one to be that 1% yeah. person. This is definitely like one of the more common art forms too and more attainable to like the common public. See, I don't think that's true I don't know though. If it's true. You know what I mean? Like I think to to be at like a certain level as a tattooer, like I think it's just as much work to be at that level as like an illustrator or a painter or someone that sells prints or like pick any no, other. No, 100%. Like, I no, think it's I think I, I'm saying it's like it's easier for the client. Right. Not not for us. I'm saying like wait, so say the statement again because now I'm confused. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're saying like I'm not saying it, you're saying it. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like <laughs> Yeah, so it's like you wanna be the best at what you do and everything. Like right. everyone's like that in every career choice. Ideally. Um but I'm saying like artistic wise, like we're so open to the public and I feel like it's easier for like the general people to get like, an, a piece of art by like us versus like like an illustrator or, you know, like somebody who does like different forms of art. I think I understand what you're you're saying. Like tattooing is growing rapidly. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can think of an art form that's growing. I th- yeah. Faster. That's like tattooing and is like, a very visible. And like people. So it's in the public eye. And I think it's like an art form that people want. The All most. this content is like coming out about like how to schedule a tattoo, how to do a tattoo, how to get one, how yeah. to, whatever. Like. And it's like, ow. Yeah. Like, I've never seen, like, videos or content that's like, if you would like a commission painting, yeah. you know? Do you want to be a comic book artist? Like, you just don't see it. That I understand. Yeah. And it, it can feel like it's the most popular art form because it's growing so fast. Right now, I think But it's so. just a new art form. Yeah. You know, right. like, all these other ones have been around for fucking Forever. centuries. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, you know, I don't know. It, uh, I think with social media and being able to, like, kind of promote yourself and, like, being so much more like accessible and visible like a lot of things seem maybe easier than they are like i guess the comparison i would make is like there's like tons of people are actors but very few people are a-list celebrities you know yeah. what i mean and it's yeah, like that's that, a good comparison that's like true in tattooing as well like lots and lots of tattooers like yeah. you know you you can make like a good living and you can be happy but like if you want where do you think cam's at if you compared him to like an actor oh like um, it like maybe like the top is like any movie he puts out, everyone sells out, mm-hmm. or like working Bob at Schneider. working at the diner, <laughs> telling you know his yeah, I host gi- that I got he's a gig an actor. Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. You guys should come. Uh, I mean, I guess that depends uh, how booked out you are, right? Well, what do you th- where do you think he is? Like, did did one commercial once tells everyone he's an actor? Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not here enough. Uh, make fun of cam (laughs) (laughs) i know i already told you it's not gonna be a good guess he was like so stoked he's like we just like rip on cam if you don't know what to say and i was like i'm not the one for that (laughs) no but i like it's okay it doesn't bother me 
Oh no, I, know I don't that. feel anymore. <laughs> I'm, I am. I am I now numb. That you've been broken by John. It's fine. <laughs> no, not broken. Reborn. <laughs> Rebuilt. Yeah, late to work. Yeah. Yeah. Bionic man. We can rebuild him. Thank you. <laughs> you know who were really nice to? Logan. Logan. Do you ever feel like how come you guys don't fuck with him as much as you fuck with me? I gave up. You gave up? <laughs> yeah. I'm in like I'm like Good, close. It's none I'm, of your fucking business. I'm close into like Adrian's shoes where I just don't care what happens to the newbies. Dude, I think Adrian got it worse than you. hundred percent. To be but, honest, and I'll never admit this to him. Except when he listens to the podcast. He I, I know hundred percent oh, I know hundred percent he probably want. had the worst apprenticeship that you probably at the end of it, I was like I think it went too far. Because <laughs> you were like, I think I like, you broke him past recovery. Like and then like with like, with you, I would like get to that level and consciously be like, don't do what you did to <laughs> Well, like that's also like an interesting part of like kind of old school, new school mentality, right? It's like people who think that like, you know, if you weren't fucking like violated in your yeah. apprenticeship, you didn't have a good or like a real apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely you know more, mean? and that's glo- it. I was I'm more brainwashed. Like, that's in my head. Yeah, <laughs> I was definitely more. So it was, it's tough to change that. Honestly, yeah. you know, we joke about it all the time, but like that—that's what it is in my head. That's how I was taught, and yeah. I think with the TikToks, I was like a little bit more globally embarrassed than Adrian was. <laughs> Bro, the clown video? Well, and, but here's the, here's he the thing. Up. Like, he likes that. Like, he's been through, like, all the horrible shit, like, throughout his apprenticeship and all that. And, like, he knows it's over. And he knows, like, he has a choice He's, now. like, off. And Danny will be like, you got to come in. We're going to dress you up like a girl. Be there in 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be yeah and he embraced Be there in 10. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's different. Like, but it's, do like you think like, that... He, do you think that the treatment is different or do you think that your ego is just bigger than his in terms of like uh, embarrassment? Maybe. Um, I know that's me, like me and Adrian question. both have like very different aspects and like point of views on tattooing. Right. So like, like everyone does, you know, um, like I definitely felt. And I definitely know that I'm probably more confident in my art than he is, you know? So, like, there's ways that you guys counterbalance And he that. might be more confident in, like, his self-image? Exactly. Okay. So, you know, it's, like, it's different. So, you both, I don't want to say this, but like you attack us in different ways. Not, like, bad as in tag, like but, physically. Like, yeah, you know? Like, <laughs> like you just come maybe, from behind and <laughs> Maybe his more <laughs> physical and mine more mental, you know? Right. It's, like, it's just different. Like, we should talk shit about that on the Patreon. Yeah. Cam, take us out. Thank you guys for joining us on this week's of Unemployable Podcast. Thank you again, Andy, for joining us. Thank we really you, appreciate it. Where do I work, Cam? What? What did you say? Where do I work? Oh, where does she work? I forgot what this place is called. Are you fucking I'm serious? the worst. I'm Thanks. sorry, dude. I'm so embarrassed right now. I am too. Just fire him now on the podcast. It's fine. Good, good ink? No. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm like, I can't remember names, dude. <laughs> If you had to guess, if you could make up your own name for the shop she worked at, what would it be? Good heart. <laughs> so you would name a tattoo shop? What would you name Good a tattoo heart? shop? Yeah, I'm well, so sorry to change this. Hard I feel like that was a compliment to you, though. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, Good Ink was like a combo of my name and the shop name. So Yeah, you are not too far off. All right, what yeah, would you name a tattoo ones. shop? 
probably like one of those shots that just say tattoo shop above it. No, but they have real names. Like even if your sign just says tattoo, the shop has a name. Camelot. And there's nothing that matters more, or sorry, there's nothing that matters less than the name of a tattoo shop. No matter what it is, it can't have like the word black in it. I agree. I feel like so many shops do that. I agree. Or noir. Yeah. No black. (sighs) Bye. There you go. Cool, man. We're all set. Cool. What Africa are we using? Sanitarium. That's awesome. I hear that heals everything. John, can Sanitarium heal the ugly on my face? Are you f***ing serious?